to another episode of A Word About Wealth, a podcast where we tackle the often complicated world of money and wealth. My name is Kevin. And this is Van. What we do here on this podcast is take a common sense approach to all things money. Our goal here is to help you build wealth. It is important to note here that we are not financial advisors, nor do we pretend to be. What we share on this podcast should be taken as general education and financial entertainment and should not be misconstrued as official financial advice. That's right, Van. Mm -hmm. And because you asked about it last time, Mm -hmm. we want to make money feel like your favorite app on your phone. Oh. You know, you always go to those few apps, you know, you always click on it even when you mindlessly boggle. That's what we want to think. Oh, interesting. Want you to think about finance. Very cool. I did that for you, my friend. Oh, thank you, man. Very very much appreciated. And all those haters out there, too bad. (laughs) You can bypass this part if you want. (laughs) Um, we have a, a very exciting part for you. Okay. Eleanor is walking. She is walking. Yeah. yeah yes. Congratulations. Thank That's you. so awesome. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if it's congratulations or... Oh, you got to be more careful. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting... That's so awesome, though. Yeah, yeah. Quicker than uh, Heather. Heather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hate these names. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, I think it's, it, it, she's uh, walking about two months earlier than Very Heather. Cool. So, But I, I also think that it's mainly because she sees her big sister walk all the time. So she's just doing what her big sister does, right? Yeah. yeah she's hopefully. gotten better just in the week that I've seen her. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's yeah. pretty okay. crazy. So. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. Well, we're going to change things up today, Van. I'm, yeah. I'm going to try to share some of my knowledge. So oh. drop some knowledge from my folks here. Uh, we're going to be talking about taxes. Because uh, it's almost tax season. Well, it is tax season, frankly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Taxes are due here in the United States in April of every year. And uh, a lot of major changes have been happening lately. So we thought we would do a little bit about taxes. Well, the changes are for next year, right? For For next year. For 2018. Well, you file in 2019. Correct. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. So we're actually going to take a role reversal here. So I'm going to be the one asking Kevin all the questions. Oh, man. I'm a little nervous. You're nervous? Yeah. How do you think I feel every week? Hey, (laughs) you come in with an air of confidence and everything. You know, that's why I like to ask these questions. All right. All right. It's uh, it's all an illusion. (laughs) It's all an illusion. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. We're talking about taxes, though. Right. Always fun. I think, uh, actually, I, I think most people <laughs> they probably will skip this episode. <laughs> I want to say. They shouldn't skip it, though. That's my whole thing. Yeah. You know, man, you hear me talk about taxes all the time. Yeah. And I feel like people, when you're talking about wealth, you really should know how taxes impact you, especially right. with the tax bill that's happening I mean, soon. It's not as sexy as uh, Bitcoin. Yeah. But <laughs> that's why we did cryptocurrency first for we 2018, did, yeah. and then we lull you back into taxes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the fact that I do, I, this is something that really interests me, but yeah, I think agreed. it's just for the normal Joe and Jane out in the world. Yep. I think it's, uh, or... I can't, Joe and Jane. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking it's a Chinese name, but I couldn't think of anybody. <laughs> yeah. No, never, never mind. Um, in any case, yeah, we're, we're going to try and make it interesting for you yes, folks. All right. But, right. um... Yeah, so actually, you had a game that you wanted to play with us, right? Or was, I did. did you, uh, or did you want to talk about anything else before we? Well, get let to me this game? let me get some disclaimers out of the way. Sure, because sure. I think uh, oh, that's taxes, right. Normally, you do this. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> taxes get incredibly complex and tricky. Right, we know that. So, okay. uh, what Van and I are really going to be talking about are very basic things, and it's going to be covering regular, basically regular topics regarding taxes mm. and. The way we structure this is we're going to talk through a Form 1040, which if you don't know what it is, don't worry, we'll talk about it, but basically is the basic tax mm-hmm. form that everybody fills out. And it's not 1,040. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it's not. It's not that? <laughs> no, man, it's not um, okay. 1,040. It's Got 1040. It. Okay. 1040. But, uh, <laughs> for, for 1040. <laughs> 
Oh man, Ben. <laughs> this, like this role <laughs> reversal is is not is is pretty interesting. Ben <laughs> is very excited, I think. <laughs> um, but because of what Van said earlier, though, I think a lot of people think taxes are very boring or it's complex, yeah. and it doesn't really have to be. And I think we hear people talking about like. Line 8, AGI, taxable income. I'm going to try to break this down very simple. Yawn. You know what, man? You're going to love this. Okay. I know you love this. I do, I do. It's um, actually, I'm actually very uh, excited about this exactly. episode. because Mainly just to put you on the hot spot. Yeah, but then again, this is something that even... Someone, I, I have a good time talking to my coworkers about yeah, this as well. Exactly. So, yeah. And it's I think it's a good skill to have just to talk coherently about what, okay. what the tax structure so, is. Before we proceed, um, you know, we, we have to understand what is your street cred with taxes. So For sure. Can you Happy uh, to put that up. Yeah, so to tell us, uh, what are your experiences with sure. taxes? Well, first of all, I, I do uh, file my own taxes. Mm-hmm. So I've done that for five, six years now. Wow. But that doesn't mean much, right? So well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to raise your one, my friend. Oh, yeah, With my yeah. previous job, okay. uh, when I was working at the state, I had to run what was called a VITA site for volunteer income tax assistance. Oh. So it was literally our job to understand how the U.S. tax system, federal and state, works and help low-income taxpayers do mm-hmm. so. So, And with that, I was also tasked with needing to run trainings for to prepare volunteers for taxes. Wow. So I had to learn the ins and outs of the basic tax. I'm not going to say I'm an expert, but uh, I have a good working approach. Right, of the form... Uh 1040. Uh, and that's one thing we will never say again. <laughs> 1040. Okay. But my approach to this is through that experience, I got to learn it in a very simple approach. Okay. So that's what I wanted to share with everybody. Very that's cool. my street cred, my friend. Cool. Actually, I do recall that um, this was actually a pretty, it, I want to say stressful, but a very busy time of your life as well, I yes. remember. Because I, I do recall you traveling all over the yeah, state of California. It was stressful, yeah. And, and then just, you know, just basically doing all these tax returns for these um, you know random citizens right yeah, there, right? Yeah, it was uh, very refreshing. Um, I was on the road quite a bit doing it in San Diego. Mm-hmm. I did it up in NorCal, um, LA, right. on weekends, etc. But it was a lot of fun, you but, know? So is it like a, one of those events where people bring like their box of receipts and then they go... Here you go, Pretty sir. much. Wow. Sometimes, and you just have to tell them a lot of times that, look, either we can or cannot. So VITA, you could only do a very small segment of okay. taxes. It wasn't like we could do everything. So. Mm, okay. But low-income taxpayers typically don't have too much stuff. But right. you'll get one of those. Mm. They're like, hey, I want to game the system. I'm like, Really? What they actually you, go to... A, <laughs> yeah, I was like, you're really... Exactly. They go to a government employee <laughs> to ask how to game the system. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's, that's pretty funny. That's pretty... Um, but, you know, again, they're just like, oh, it's free. Why not? So, right, right. But what, we are going to play a game now. Okay, yeah. Let's so, this is for you. Mm, game time. Game time. This game is what I call Tax Facts. Tax Facts. Oh, that's very, right. Very, uh, you, you can probably, like, uh, put this... Box game into Target or something. I know, right? Yeah, Tax cool. facts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure no one will buy it. Um, but basically, it was just true and false. Right? <laughs> okay, okay. So I'm going to tell you five true and false statements. Okay. And I want to watch. I want you to guess. Okay? Sure. Again, this is uh, Kevin yeah, is a more he's a more tax expert. So I'm I haven't seen any of these at all. So again, right. we're, we're not cheating or anything. No okay. one's cheating here. Yeah. First one here is the United States ca- tax code is four times longer than Shakespeare's complete works. Oh, I I am. That's a big fat true. Oh, that's yeah. right. You're one for one, right. my friend. One for one. All right. I need a bell next time. <laughs> Ding. All right. Number two. Mm-hmm. This one's a, a doozy. Okay. While a flat tax, which is you, if you don't know what that is, folks, it's basically one rate for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's been proposed by politicians lately, especially Ted Cruz in, in the, uh, in the uh, previous U.S. The primaries, election. right? Yeah. The primaries. 
the U.S. has never had a flat tax. True or false? Hmm, never had a flat tax. I would imagine it's, that's false. Big fat false. Oh, yeah. very well yeah. said. I, I, you know, when I was looking this up, I actually thought it was true. Oh, really? But uh, you're right, Van. They had a, this is actually a false statement that U.S. did have a flat tax back in the Civil War time. Oh, Civil War. Oh, so I was like, I would assume it would be like Revolutionary War time or, you know, when we first started a nation. Yeah, it was actually a little bit later, actually. Okay. It was wow. 3% on all incomes above 800 $800. Wow, okay. <laughs> but uh, it got reported. Appealed eleven years after because it didn't work out. Because I can't imagine like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson saying, well, "Let's let's come up with this uh, big book of taxes right, that right. is much bigger than the Shakespearean yeah. play." <laughs> well, I, exactly, it's yeah. pretty crazy, right? But uh, that's cool. That's yeah. Cool. Uh, third statement here: According to the IRS, average time to complete a regular tax return is fifteen hours. Fifteen hours. Ooh, let's see. So I spend. But then again, I'm not really the average guy. So, <laughs> hmm. I'm going to say false. Oh, wow. Yeah. Three for three. Yeah. You're right. It okay. takes 13 hours. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, wow. Good yeah. job, man. Yeah. I, I was like, maybe, I wonder if this one will trip you up. Yeah, because I, I figured most people would just do the standard deduction for yeah, the most that's part. That's correct. Right? Yeah. That's correct. And if you don't know what that is, mm. stay tuned. Okay, cool. Uh, fourth statement. Okay. In 2016, Americans' collective tax bill mm. was nearly $5 trillion. Okay. True or false? Collective tax bill. I want to say true. Dang, man, yeah, you're okay. on fire, wow. my friend. Four, four for four. That's right, folks. Five trillion dollars <laughs> collectively. I'm just thinking, because like, we always we always run a deficit every year, right? That's government. right. So okay, that, that's why. But I see, five trillion dollars yeah. seems like a lot of money, but, but it's, it's not. S- yeah, it's still not exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then to close this out, man. Tax facts. Last one for you, my friend. We are at the highest ever tax bracket in our history, meaning the highest one right now is around 39.6. Oh. That's the highest in its history. Okay. True or false? This one I know for a fact is false. Five for yeah. five, mm-hmm. my friend. Guess, guess how high it used to be, the highest ever. I'm guessing about 80% is what I'll I I'll tell you one more. 1944, oh, yeah. 94%. 94%. 94% <laughs> oh of your income was, wow. uh, was, was the tax bracket level. Well, that was the, for the highest bracket, right? For the highest bracket. Oh, my goodness. But Holy that, cow. Right? 94%. You, you, you have to keep like 6% of your yeah. income? That's is, that's that's insane. Wow, but, but I mean, I understand this is during World War II, and you know, we needed the money, and I think we were still in the gold standard back then. Yeah. So it's not like we could print the amount of money that we can today, exactly. right? Exactly. So okay, absolutely, it makes sense. But man, it sucks. I know. <laughs> and we're back. But uh, yeah, that okay. was a little game to kick off oh, taxes. That's because I know people, you know. Don't want to talk about taxes, right? <laughs> but I guess again, it's, it's all relevant for us, right? Because Absolutely. a lot of us, we have to, in one way or another, um, if we don't owe taxes now, we we owe them later and eventually, yep. right? So yep. I'm going to be the host today. Oh, be the host. I'm going to just you know, set, talk. set the mood, <laughs> all right? So let's let's go back to the you know let's talk about the basics of filing your taxes, sure. right? So why don't you tell me? What is a tax return? I mean, I know for sure. students and people who aren't working, it's actually a good, good question for them, but I know for working folks, they've probably been doing this for a while, but for yep. those who are not that experienced, tell us what that is. Yeah, I mean, Van and I said we're going to start at the basics. Yeah. Basically, a tax return is a document that you need to file every year mm. that is a form for government to collect money from its constituents. Mm. And that's ultimately what a tax return is. Why do we need to file one? Well, frankly, because government mm. needs money for things that are in the shared common interest, military, uh, education, and of course you hear public sector employees. When yeah. you always say, taxpayer money paid for this um, is a big talking point for a lot of politicians. Mm-hmm. 
this is what they're talking about. So public sector employees, or we're talking about teachers, the, you know, the guy who runs the subways. Yep. So, you know, well, I mean, that, that's not here in Los Angeles, clearly. But, yeah, <laughs> but any but, government employee, yeah, okay. yeah, pretty much. The so, post office person, things like yeah, that. Politicians, okay. their salaries. That's why mm-hmm. when they do stupid stuff, you know, you get a lot of people saying, that's, they're using taxpayer money to do this and that. So, mm, okay. Um, All yeah. right. So now we understand what a tax return is and why we need to file one. So sure. who actually needs to file? And sh- yeah, that's a good question. And something that came up a lot with our um, at our Vita site was, you know, once people come in, do they actually need to file? Mm-hmm. Generally, anybody who has an income of 10K or more, you're probably going to file. There's some exceptions to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but typically, if you make money, the government wants to know about it. And they want you to pay your fair share of taxes. Now, there might be times where you actually didn't make that much money and therefore you probably don't need to file, mm-hmm. but you should file if you have to, if you want to take advantage of certain refundable credits. So a lot of our low income taxpayers who came in, we told them to file because they could get uh, child tax credit or okay. an income tax credit. So they're actually, without filing that return, they won't get money back. I see. So they should file. But in the... In the reverse side, if you know that you're going to owe money, you still got to file regardless, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, so. That's a very good point. Yeah. You definitely need to file um, because you're not going to get away with it for very long without filing a tax return. The government has its way to know, right. and you don't want to be on the hook for penalties because those are harsh. Right. I mean, you don't want. You also don't want to be like Wesley Snipes and get it, sent Wesley to jail, Snipes, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to do that. Okay. But uh, a lot of people then ask, well, what is, you know, how do you actually file the tax return? Right? Okay. And that's where right. <laughs> your little 1040 comes through. <laughs> um, a lot of people, you hear talk about what's a 1040, 1040EZ, 1040A, 1040X. Ultimately, these are just different forms. That's sure. all you need to know. Um, and 1040 is the most typical and the most uh, common okay. tax but, return. But to your point, they're different forms, but how, how do you know which one do you need to file? Yeah, good question. Uh, basically, 1040, if you don't know, is probably the one you'll stay with. Mm-hmm. The only reason you would do a 1040 easy is or 1048 is with special situations. So for 1040 easy, it's, it's kind of like your taxable income is less than 100. You only have regular income sources like wages and okay. tips. Like if you have capital gains, you can't use that. If you have, oh, interesting. If you want to do like child tax credit, you can't use this. I see. Um, if you're doing um, head of household filing status, you can't do this. Got it. Okay. Ten forty A is a slightly better version of easy in the sense that it's you can do a little bit more things, mm-hmm. like you can do child tax credit and all these other things. But at the end of the day, ten forty is your your golden standard. You should just yeah. use ten forty, and that's why we're using that as I, a, our structure today. I see. So in a way, easy is kind of like the ten forty easy. That's exactly what it's meant to be. Oh, right. okay. I'm glad you're following along, my friend. All right. So, so let's say like a student, right? Because I remember when I was a student making sure. some income. I remember filing a 1040 easy because I didn't really exactly. have any assets. I didn't have a kid. Exactly. Right? Oh, well, yeah. I don't think I had kids. But in any case, uh, it was just a lot. Uh, and the form I remember it was just really straightforward, right? Yep. Yeah. It's literally one page. Yeah. Yeah. It's very simple, but it is... Um, it's not very applicable to most people that I would imagine listening to this podcast. Right. And then you mentioned here a 1040X. Can you yes. explain what that is? Yeah, 1040X is basically an amended return. So oh, let's say okay. you screw up on your 2017 taxes oh, this like, year. Like what we did last like year. Like what we did last year. <laughs> yeah. Then we, uh, both Van and I had to file what is called the 1040X. Mm-hmm. And all that, that is is adjusting whatever it is that you messed up. So right. it's a, a redo, if okay. you will. Very cool. Now, yep. for the redo, is there like a certain... like 
statute of limitations and how you know, how far in advance you can do a redo? That's a good question. Yeah. And I I remember when because a lot of people at Vita sites they would come in and be like, "Hey, I need to redo all these things." Sure. I don't think there's necessarily a statute of limitations. For my, I could be wrong, but I remember people were doing things back in 2010. Mm, okay. Uh, sorry, I should say when I was doing this it was around 2011. They were doing 2007, 2008. Okay. Um, and it wasn't. It was an issue. The IRS wants you to do it right, so they let you allow you to do these um, amended returns. Interesting. Yep. All right. Very cool. So let's take it um, the next step because now we know what the forms are. Let's talk about the uh, filing statuses, right? Yeah. So I hear things like you know, married filing jointly or filing single, head exactly. of household. Um, you know, tell us more about that. Sure. Yeah. I, these are basically there's five basic filing statuses. Uh, Mary filing jointly is what is the most beneficial because okay. the government doesn't want to see more paperwork. Most beneficial? You mean most beneficial to the um, to the tax you know payer? Uh, both taxpayer as well as the government. Oh, really? So the government rewards folks for doing Mary filing jointly. What if you're in a in a terrible relationship? Well, I, what I would recommend. <laughs> Keep that separate. When you're doing your taxes, do it together. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's one joint return. You have to be legally married and living together or living apart, but you're not separated. Um, and you can't remarry. And this is all based on the last day of the tax. There's then the second one after that is qualifying widower, which I hope no one has to file for. Right. Uh, but basically, it's tax benefits at the level of almost at the level of married filing jointly for those that um, are a widower. And then you have... But I'm um, sorry, going sure. back to the qualified widower, uh, it's that if you were a widow for like 10 years, then does that count? or no, what, what's the... just for the two years following. Okay. Yeah, following okay. the passing, unfortunately. But gotcha. at that point, you know, hopefully it's, it's the government saying, here's some help to help you with mm. uh, the financials with that. Okay. Um, the third most beneficial, which you hear a lot about, especially for single parents, is head of household. Uh, what that means is you're unmarried on the last day of the tax year. Um, you paid more than half the cost of keeping up a home. Okay. Um, and you had a qualifying person, which typically is a child or a relative. I mean, when you say relative, what are you talking about? What, what type of relative are you talking about? So it gets, we can get real hairy real quick uh, okay. about qualifying persons. Is one thing in Vita we're like, sure. keep it simple. But ultimately what I would say to the answer is a relative is usually someone, obviously you you're related to. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a parent, okay. um, but it also could be your uncle. It could be a sister. Um, right. If you were literally taking care of them okay. like, in your household. Like they're your de- they become your dependent. Exactly. Right? Okay. Exactly. So a lot of times, you know, head of household, when you have a, your single parent and you have a child, you become head of household, but then you might have some folks like they, they're taking care of their brother or sister mm-hmm. and they're, that they don't have a job and you're really just staying at home. Okay. You're taking care of them. That actually can help you qualify as head of household. Interesting. So I, I don't know if this is getting ahead of ourselves, but sure. I do have a question that just came to mind. So what if like, let's say you, you're in a family and you have a kid, right? And that yep. kid is working. Yep. And on your form, you list that person as dependent, but then the your kid, because they're working, they're also filed their own return, yep. right? And that, in that's a way... Fine. Is that well? Is is that fine? Yeah, it is fine. The, the only thing the child loses out is okay. they don't get their exemptions. Okay, because I'm claiming that person. But isn't it kind of like double dipping in a way? Not necessarily, okay. because um, the government is basically saying when your child is working, mm-hmm. um, you know, they made they pay their fair sh- share of taxes. Sure. Typically, a child would probably want to file because they're 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 going to get some money back, right? Typically, so. Okay. But it, it's it's it doesn't happen all that often to be mm-hmm. honest but um it, it is something that 
uh, at the end of the day, it is about filing that tax return. Okay. And even though they're filing their own tax return, I can still claim them as a dependent. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So the dependent is really just to get that exemption, right? Exactly. Okay. Now, the question is about head of household is, right. it, does that happen? Depending, it really depends on, are you supporting them half the time? More than half oh, of their support. Okay. If even though they work, they make twenty thousand, but it's not enough to maintain them for twenty for twelve months. Then, and you're still paying half of it, the majority. You can still claim a head of household. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All uh, right. So you have um, something here, something called a pres- president. Um, actually, no, you haven't talked about single. And, sure, but the last uh, two are very yeah. simple. Um, single is pretty straightforward. You have to be single. Right. And then married filing separately is the worst of them all. But okay. there are still reasons why you might do this, which is. Typically to shield refunds away from debts of one spouse. Okay. Because some people garnish straight from their tax mm. refund. So might be something worth looking into, but I'm not spending much time on that because it's not something I would recommend. Okay. Um, it's really complex situations where that would happen. Because these refunds uh, effectively become income, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, but then do these income get, uh, I know with, in California, the, the refund you get back from the state of California becomes income for the following year. Sure. Is, is that the same with the federal? From my understanding of why they put it this year is mm-hmm. that when anytime income comes in, they, it might, it's just going to get garnished away. Uh, in okay. federal, I think they do the same thing. If you owe back taxes, they'll take it straight away. Got it. Okay. And that, hurts some your spouse if they didn't weren't in that situation right right okay so very um, cool presidential election fund i wanted to put it on here because yeah. it's one of my favorite things a lot of people have misconceptions what this is basically um it's about i'm a po- uh, political junkie and we talk a little bit about campaign finance basically this is a donation not made from you it doesn't impact your taxes doesn't impact anybody it's just a fund that the government has set aside to then put it in but it has to be elected by the actual taxpayers so all you got to do is mark it on your thing and it has nothing no impact on you it just allows the government to rein in the the outrageous spending for government just a plug for my own personal benefit interesting so what so what is the basic intrinsic value for the taxpayer when you select this is is this so that you can limit the amount of money that the president spends on their campaign, right? Exactly. Okay. And this is a bit of a tangent, but basically if you're running for a campaign, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say Van 2020, running for go- running for president. Well, okay? I I'm, uh, wasn't born in the U.S., so that's... Oh, uh, oh that's well, fine. <laughs> Same, some other person okay, running, sure, right? Sure. And <laughs> they can elect every year to raise their own money, sure. or they can get this presidential election fund, which oh. is a set amount of money, and it's capped, and both sides have to use it that way. Oh, so okay. the idea is that money usually buys influence in government. So when people raise enormous amounts of money, they're skewed towards the wealthy. Mm, so okay. the idea with these election fund is that it's a neutral fund made by all the taxpayers. So typically they're not beholden to other types of candidates I or see. if special interests. And they have to use that fund. If they elect to use that, they can't raise outside money. I see. So Got it's it. a kind of a trade-off. Most people don't do that. But uh, so is it in a way to kind of um, even the playing field? In exactly. A way, right? okay. Exactly. So is this something relatively new, or because I always no, it's no? been it's been around. It's just not ever since Obama ran and mm-hmm. the grassroots and he he raised millions of dollars, sure. uh, way beyond what the election fund could run uh, okay. to fund, and then so there was no point in. No one really wants to do it because they want unlimited amounts of money to be able to kind of invest 
Got it. So, okay. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So um, I was, we, we mentioned, we kind of touched on the topic of exemption earlier. So can you explain what that is? Sure. Uh, and then, th- so the next few parts, we're going to rifle real quickly uh, because we want to make sure you understand. Basically, we're running through the 1040. The exemption at this point is really a dollar amount that can be deducted from your total income okay. and thereby reduce your taxable income. That's all you have to know about exemption. It just helps you reduce how much money you have to pay. Okay. And there's personal exemptions. So you and if you're you and your spouse, you both can get personal exemptions. And there is dependency exemptions, which again is a child or a relative. Okay. So uh, my understanding is when you fill out your W four forms, you're you're essentially setting up your exemptions, right? Exactly. Okay. So if you set up your exemptions well in your W four form, then it should kind of even out in your ten forty. Is that what that means? Uh, exactly. Okay. Uh, pretty much the well, it's it's kind of twofold here, but in in many ways, it's the the W four is basically in, you're indicating your exemptions, mm-hmm. and that helps you with your withholding okay. m- amount from your paycheck, which right. I'll get to. Okay, but that's how it's related. But in terms of on your tax return, your exemptions mm-hmm. give you a certain dollar value that you can reduce from your taxable income. I see. That's what it is. Okay. So, so, so in a way there is kind of different, they're right? different, right. but they're, they're also tied together because the tax return will tell you if your company says, okay, W four, I'm going to have four exemptions this mm-hmm. year. Your company will say, okay, got it. Based upon that, your withholding needs to be this amount to make sure okay. you, you're paying enough money Got in it. In the credit. Sure. So that you're not, you know, you're paying your taxes. Right. Because you can have like a really high exemption in your W-4, but then your, um, but your exemptions in your 1040 may not be enough to offset the amount of taxes exactly. that you still owe, right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So get, that's get, kind of... Getting this? Yeah, you're getting it, man. <laughs> you already know this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I do, I have a general idea, but yeah. I think that you're just kind of reinforcing a lot oh, good. of things that I, I already know, but it's, this is good. Good. Um, I'm glad. So let's talk about uh, this next topic, income, income. right? So That's right. Income is probably the, one of the most important things that people care about on this show. That's right. <laughs> right? So, so let's talk about the common, um, what, what are some of the common sources of income that you would have to file you know, in your tax return? Sure. And then uh, pretty much in, when we're talking about income, we're moving on basically box seven on the 1040, okay. which is the start of your kind of 1040 return, to be honest. So income in this sense, you know, is... Basically, your regular wages, salary, things like that. Mm-hmm. It's basically what you get on your W-2. Sure. That is the most common form of income on your tax return. But then some other common ones include interest. So you have 1099 interest statement, dividends, 1099 dividend statement, IRA distributions. I don't know where f- most of our audience is at, at that age of getting money from their IRA yet. But if you do, you do. Uh, Social Security is another common one. And then unemployment. So those are the kind of the most common but like disability, that, that's not part of income that is taxable. I, I take it right. Okay. Correct. So what if you are your own? So this is all personal, right? But what if you have your own business? So you would, um, how would you follow it here? So I guess ten forty won't really be applicable to you in that case. Well, so if you if you have a, a business income, um, I didn't put it in here, but it it, it does come up on your ten forty as uh, business income. So okay. basically, it's it would be line, where is it? It would be other. Yeah, business income, line 12. So um, definitely you would have to report that as part of your income. So if people who have uh, small businesses, uh, you know, things like that, um, like if we we made money on this podcast, you and I would have to definitely report that income on our 1040. But who Um, who would it? Would it be you or me? We would split it because it would be ownership of the company. So I would assume you and I would be 50-50. Okay. 
Oh, or, maybe I'll give you sixty one. I'll give forty nine. Or seventy thirty. No, but uh, but in that case, what? But if you have like an LLC or like an S corp or something like that, then the ten forty won't apply to you then. Or well, the it? money will still be funneled in as business income on like. Oh, 12. really? Yeah. Okay. You would have to file a whole bunch of other forms, Got like K one and Schedule C, which again more complex than we need to get into. Got it. But okay. um, all of your that's why the ten forty is your holy grail. Everything you have on a on an income statement needs to be on there okay and that's why if you recently in the news donald trump releasing his 1040 is like a big thing because it's like so much money on there but oh, right. everything is still captured on a 1040 i see yeah but what if like you know i have i'm just selling things on ebay or things on you know amazon and all that i mean gray area there okay but, so, but secondhand typically is not taxable okay yeah Okay, so but that's something that um, the IRS is not going to knock on your door. Not at all. Yeah, okay. the IRS has kind of bigger fish to fry, if you will. Got on, it. Okay. On uh, on some of those things, but uh, but yeah, I mean, swap meet income isn't really. It's typically not taxable. What if it's you're making millions of dollars? Yeah, see, that's where it's kind of like you know, it's hard to say. Um, and as as a tax professional as myself, mm-hmm. I can't I can't say one way or another. That's what I always okay. had to say with the light of people. They're sure. always like, "Kill me, tell me." I'm like, "No, I can't make a decision for you." Right. You you know you put your own risk at stake uh, depending on what you do. Okay. Yeah. Because I can, I can see that most people who make a, a considerable amount of income. I mean, maybe yeah. not millions, but let's say like thirty, forty thousand a year. Yeah. Any side income or like you know, let's say Etsy or yeah. um, Fiverr or something yeah. like that is yeah. that. I don't know if they, you would ever get a ten ninety nine for that. Yeah, right? it's it's hard to say. I don't know how those structures are, but I would say anytime you have documentation that is a ten ninety nine or or anything that reports income, you have better put that on your ten forty. Okay. Sure. Okay. Not to scare anybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're like, oh god, oh god. All right. So um, let's talk about. Let's talk about what portion of this income is, uh, ta- or what what portion of incomes are taxable versus yeah. not taxable and so forth. Sure. So can you explain that? Yeah. Easy answer. Most of it's taxable. Okay. And that's really <laughs> not, not much to say. Um, okay. There's some exemptions like a Roth IRA was already pre-tax. So. Right. Or know, is post, it's already it's been post-tax. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Post-tax. So, yeah. it, you know, there's exemption. Oh, that's a good, yeah, maybe I shouldn't put Roth IRA, but there are some exemptions to it, but it's so, it's not really common to what most people are but handling. The, to me the only one that i know is um not taxable is uh, def- definitely disability no right right, right, that, right that one and then whatever you sell on ebay apparently yeah it's not but is, is, there, is there anything else that wouldn't be considered taxable income not that i wanted to kind of dive too deep into okay. here yeah Got it. okay but um i did want to talk a little bit about the withholding sure uh, because i know a lot of people have some misconceptions on what that is um and when i you know, when you get your W-2 every every year, um, you usually have your base gross salary in box one, and then you have something that's called withholdings in box box two. Right. If you haven't seen your W-2, then you probably don't know what I'm talking about. But a withholding is really important in taxes because it it's kind of like a piggy bank of money that you've put aside, albeit with the government, right? Um, to help offset some of the costs with regards to you know your, your tax due. So withholdings are really important. That's what Van was really uh, good about bringing up about W-4s and about keeping your W-4 updated to make sure that your withholdings are covering as much. But two ways of thoughts. You could also say, well, I'm going to just owe a big tax bill at the end of the year and I want to hold on to my money. Right. I know Van has was someone who really gave that concept to me, which I like. But um, – you know, it, it does require to make sure you have that money at the end of the year. So sure. it's just you have to be financially sound with it as well. Right. Because the way I see it is if you owe money, then you kind of win in a way because the government gave you a free loan, right? Exactly. Uh, with zero um, interest. But then again, 
if you don't per, personally for me, I like it so that when the government get, either I owe the government a thousand dollars or I, you know, the government gives me back a thousand bucks. Exactly. So that's kind of where my sweet spot is. And usually, if I deviate from there, then I, I you know that means that. I screwed up on my W four somehow. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and I, I think that's a really good um, way to think about it, Ben. Okay. Yep. All right. So we talk about withholding. Let's talk about adjustments. So sure. Tell us what what's that all about? Yeah. So this brings us to kind of the next section in the ten forty. It's the second half of it, starting with lines twenty three through thirty seven. And I don't really want to talk much about adjustments because basically it's 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 again additional items to subtract the way you see should see exemption and adjustments it's kind of the same idea they're mm-hmm. not exactly the same thing but it's about lowering your income sure um so and then thus your tax due but the most common adjustments that you have are retirement contributions uh student loan interest hsas and especially for those who are self-employed the self-employment tax because you are yourself an employer, so you don't want it. you shouldn't be taxed on both sides of that. And then once you actually do all your adjustments, you get what is called an AGI. You hear a lot of people talking about that, which is an adjusted gross income. Okay, I always thought it was Aggie. Aggie. <laughs> but, oh man! But is this different from your Magi? No. Magi is a modified <laughs> adjusted gross income, which I didn't really put in here. Okay. Um, but at the end of the day, the AGI is kind of what your how you get an understanding of where your tax is coming from okay yeah so but then are the numbers normally so the number from your agi or you know is it magic how, how do you say it in your tax lingo is it magi uh, my guy i guess it's i guess it's mag i don't really <laughs> yeah um yeah, okay, that's mo- a good modified agi modified uh, AGI. typically are those numbers the same or are they, they they're usually sometimes very much the same depending on your tax situation okay it really is you know i'm just pulling up the right definition for this sure it says modified adjusted gross income is the total of your household's adjusted gross income agi okay. plus any tax exempt interest income you may have okay um again i in my in the years that i've done tax preparation uh, those two numbers have been very similar, okay. if not the exact same. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Very cool. So let's get to the next portion of the 1040 or uh, t- um, 1040, like a like 1040. <laughs> the uh, deductions is actually the next part of my favorite part yeah, in the absolutely. tax returns, right? So this, uh, let's, let's get into deductions. Yeah. So deductions is, is again, almost, it's like the same category, adjustments, mm-hmm. exemption. It's kiss it, guys. Sure. It's just about lowering your income. This sure. is what I kind of learned and don't get stuck up on the the, the actual names of them. Right. But basically, deductions are subtractions from a taxpayer's AGI, or adjusted gross income, so it's additional. Now, there are two types of deductions. One is a standard deduction, um, and one is an itemized deduction. And Van, as you know, standard deductions is a set dollar amount that the IRS sets every single year, um, and it increases for taxpayers 65 and older. And in 2017, you know, it's anywhere from $6,350 for single, um, twelve thousand seven hundred for married filing jointly. Again, you can find all these things online, but right. ultimately, uh, it covers about seventy percent of households today. Okay, are doing the standard deduction. Okay, but people who own homes, especially they um, or have high medical and dental expenses, um, etc., they will opt most likely to do itemized deductions, especially in in states that have high property taxes. That's a big part of this because. The, it basically is just a different way to deduct income because the standard deduction usually is set amount. And the itemized deductions allows you to 
really take specific personal expenses into account. Okay. Um, and you only do itemized deductions when you have, you know, basically uh, deductions that are greater than those thresholds that the standard deduction just right. proposed. So because there are some cases where, let's say you have, you're in a state that has um, low property taxes yeah. and so forth, that you may not even get up to the, the, the exactly. value of your standard deductions, right? Exactly. Right. Okay. Exactly. And in California, unfortunately, that's just not the case. Right. Yeah. But it's kind of interesting because in 2018, I know the standard deduction is essentially going to double, yeah. right? So you mentioned that it's about 70% of household today is covers under the current level of standard yeah. deduction, but... What, what do you expect for next year? Is it yeah. going to be like 90%? Or yeah, good question. Like um, and it, I know we're going to do an episode after this about the tax bill. Okay. And they estimate it's going to be about 94%. Wow. It's going to be a standard next okay. year. So yeah. pretty crazy, right? That I mean, and that's just how much higher it's going to go. Yeah. Um, as, as a matter of fact, because I knew that and I wasn't really clear. Uh, actually, I did this before they even passed the law and so yep. forth. But I decided to even like pay both of my property tax bills this yep. year. So that way... Very smart. Uh, actually, in 2017... So yep. that way I can guarantee that, you know, I can at least itemize that yeah. portion of that. Exactly. Right? And it was because you suggest that I did the same. Okay. And I, I prepaid it as well in mm. 2017 because, as you guys will find out, you lose that exemption in 2017. Right. Or it's capped at 10000 Okay. Um, so you know how earlier you were talking about boxes of receipts? Yeah, yeah. This is really what that was. Okay. When people talk about bringing off these boxes of receipts or they can write off their taxes, X, Y, Z, mm. um, it really is talking about this. It's about trying to itemize deductions um, okay. that they think are part of that. Interesting. The majority okay. of those times when they bring this, I always tell them, you don't qualify for itemized deductions. Right. You just need to take the standard. You can throw all these receipts away. But then I'm sure they get all mad at you, right? They get all yeah. mad. They're because like, no, no, for sure. And I'm like, do you have... Like, especially 12700 I was like, right. do you have 12700 And they're like, no way, I only pay 500 I'm like... Right. Then, <laughs> like, why would you want to itemize and take less? You know, right. That doesn't make sense. Okay. Fair enough. So that's kind of deductions. Okay. So um, so what's next after this? So we went through the whole, like, deductions and your incomes and so forth. Yeah. Let's go for, you know, let's keep going down the list sure. of your uh, 1040. Yeah. So basically, we're if you're following along on a 1040, and I really suggest everybody take a look at it sometimes. Mm-hmm. After your itemized or standard deduction, you're pretty much on a line 41. Right. And on line 41, the next one is exemptions, which we talked about. Those exemptions, you basically allows you to subtract that. And then therefore you're at line 43, which is your taxable income. Mm. So we finally arrived, guys, at the amount that you will then take. And then depending on your filing status and all the circumstances, you go through the book and it will generate out what is actually your tax due. Right. Okay. And in in the past, you would have to, you know, print this form and just do it on paper, right? Yeah. But nowadays, there's a ton of software that does this for you automatically, Absolutely. right? So. Absolutely. Okay. And uh, for 2017, your your tax bracket is a low of 10%, and the highest um, is around 39.6, but there's about seven ranges in there. So, um, okay, so th- this is something that I know a lot of people would get uh, hung up on. So, because most people would say, oh, they're in a 25% tax bracket, yeah. right? Um, they, they automatically think that, 25% of their tax, uh, their income is tax, which nope. is not true. So nope. can you explain what what's the deal with that? Yeah, it's uh, we have a progressive tax system. So that means larger percentage of tax is paid by the highest earners. It moves up. Mm-hmm. But like you said, Van, and that's a really good point, a lot of people get hung up on that. It really is when it's, you know, you pay a certain percentage of the first amount of money up to a threshold. Mm-hmm. Then the 
the extra kicks in after you've reached, reached that threshold. Okay. So, for instance, let's say you're, you've are you made, and I'm just using numbers. I don't have it in front of me. But sure. let's say it's like um, you know, anything it, it, at the $100,000 level that bumps you into the 25% bracket. Sure. Or, you know what? Let me, let me, let me back up. Let's say at $100,000 level, you hit 25%. But let's say you make 90 nine nine hundred or $99,999. Mm-hmm. And then this year you got a $2 increase right. and now, Oh crap, you moved into the 25% bracket. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't matter. Right. It's all that much because what it really is, is there's only a portion of that. It's going to be taxed at the 25%. Right. The one, the percentage over, uh, sorry, the dollars over 200,000 or right. 100,000. Right. So let's say that, um, I mean, in this example, you ha- you make a you make nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars a year and then um, so we just put you in let's say that twenty percent tax bracket right and then so when you let's say you get the two dollar um, you know raise you're making a hundred thousand and one dollar right exactly so most you know, most people would think like oh well now that I'm in the twenty five percent bracket now I'm getting taxed at twenty five percent versus twenty percent but what you're really saying is that one dollar over that hundred thousand dollars is getting taxed at twenty five percent and everything underneath that is getting taxed at twenty percent. Roughly, right? Exactly. Okay. It's pretty... Yeah, it's it's not meant to penalize people for making right. a little bit more extra right. yeah. beyond that. Okay. So, um, okay. So, basically, you won't get penalized. So, um, you know, so don't worry about uh, making more money, folks. That's exactly. Not, not a big exactly. Deal. Now, let's talk about credits, right? Because yes. there's a deductions, which reduces your taxable income, and then there's credit, which is completely different. So, can you right. get into some of that? Sure, that yeah. Pretty much, now that you know what your tax due is, right, the government is now saying, well, this is how much you pay, but let's see if we can help you out with a little bit more, a little bit uh, different credits or different things that can help reduce that tax due even further. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's the same idea, right? Sure. So, credits are really neat because they are typically passed as a way to help uh, folks you know, get more money back. Okay. So, there are two types of credits. There's non-refundable credits and there's refundable credits. Mm, okay. Non-refundable is basically a credit that only applies if you have a tax due. So it helps you reduce your tax due as close to zero as possible. But let's say you it the non-refundable is $100, your tax due is $50, it will reduce your 50 to zero so you don't pay any taxes. Oh, okay. But then you won't get the extra 50 Got additional it. back. Okay. In a refundable credit, you will. That's okay. the big difference. Okay. But some common credits that uh, I know, Van, you've used in mm-hmm. the past uh, is a child dependent care credit. Um, so, you know, these are things like daycare for qualifying children under 13 um, or spouse or dependents who aren't able to kind of take care of themselves. Right. Uh, there's education credits. Um, there's child tax credit and additional child tax credit, mm-hmm. which helps offset expenses for raising a child, which in 2017 was about $1,000. The child tax credit portion is non-refundable, but the additional child tax credit is refundable. So I always give this example. If you have no tax due and you have two children, you actually get $2,000 back in your pocket because mm. each child is worth, <laughs> not worth, <laughs> each child gets uh, $1,000. But okay. let's say you did have a tax due, that will be taken away from, you. it will go to uh, offset what is due. Got it. So if you have a $200 tax bill, you know, and you have two children, the $2,000, 200 would go towards offsetting that to zero, and then you would get 1800 back in your pocket. Okay, yeah. fair enough. 
And the very last credit that's very important is called the Earned Income Tax Credit, or EITC. You hear about this a lot. Yeah. This is a refundable tax credit for people who work but don't make a lot, uh, a large wage. And it ranges basically from 15000 to 48000 for a single. That's not the money you get back. That's if your income r- ranges between there. Mm-hmm. And then if uh, you're married filing jointly, it's about twenty to 53000 So it's very much aimed at lower income taxpayers. Um, and helping them out, especially if they have qualifying children. Because this is really interesting to me because I know a lot of people, um, majority of people I talk to always complain about how much taxes they pay. But I know for a fact that a lot of the people that, you know, those t- same group of people make like, I think, less than, you know, around fifty to $60,000 a year. Yeah. And then, but they still complain about their taxes. But I'm thinking, well, wouldn't this earned income tax credit really help them out a bit, quite a yeah. bit? And then... In in reality, they don't. They're not really paying that much, or no. if, if in any most cases, they may not even pay anything at all. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So, it, it, and it's it's one of the most uh, important credits that we have in our system to help folks basically who are who need a little bit of a hand. Mm, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So uh, again, th- those ranges will be very different, and the, that was something I know that was protected in the new tax bill. It really, okay. so important. Right. It's, yeah, because I would imagine a lot of Republicans would want it to repeal yeah, this, I mean, right? Yeah, because <laughs> it's 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 not really. Yeah, it's definitely government assistance in that sense. Sure. But, okay. But then again, there's also other ways, like when you own a property and you could deduct a mortgage and things like that. I mean, that's really helping out the more wealthy, right? Exactly. And so this is in the way doing the opposite, exactly. helping out the poor. Okay. Exactly. Very cool. So let's talk about um, payments. So yeah, you know, how do you how do you people get their tax refunds or how do they pay their taxes sure. and things like that? Yeah, good question. So basically, now that we've arrived at your credits have been taken out, your tax dues, but you're you're at there's no more, right? You're at the point where this is the amount of taxes you owe, mm-hmm. right? Now the question is where where can you pay for these things? You have withholding, which is what you and I had talked about earlier. Okay. And that piggy bank suddenly becomes important. Sure. Whatever amount of money you've already held there will go towards paying off your, your tax due. That was calculated after you went through all of your deduction, exemptions, credits, etc. What basically if you have you made more withholding during the year uh, than your tax due, you get a refund. And if you don't, mm. you have to pay the okay. difference. So that's it. Yeah. So, I mean, it all that comp, you know, complicated math just comes down to that. Just comes down answer. to that simple, simple formula. Okay. And now a lot of people might say, well, then what about your state tax return? Right. Typically, I don't recommend doing that by hand. Um, I typically say that if you should use a system to help you generate all of this, because the state returns are very much tied to uh, your federal tax return. Sure. And everything will usually funnel out. Typically... You know, I would say on, on, on the whole, at least in California, typically if you get a refund on the federal side, you're going to get a refund on the state side. Um, and if you pay on one side, you're probably going to have to pay on the other side or at least get a very minimal refund. Sure. It's very okay. much tied that way. Make sure you sign the, sign the return. Make sure you yeah. fill out the direct deposit. And I highly recommend you do e-filing. It's just quicker and it's easier, and the IRS is recommending that. Right. I mean, I, I know that it's uh, it, it could take weeks to get it if you file oh, by yeah. mail, right? Versus oh. it could take. Uh, I've seen it like less than, within a week. Yeah. As fast as that. Exactly. Right. So uh, get that refund back. Hopefully, um, if you have to pay taxes, do it quickly. Um, but definitely, once you file it, you definitely should get a paper copy. Okay. Um, Put it in a safe, put it somewhere that you can for record keeping, and then definitely explore potentially getting an identity protection pin from the IRS because What's there's, that? it's for identity theft uh, protection because a lot of people, unfortunately, steal social security numbers. They file the return to mm-hmm. get the earned income tax credit, 
And then at that point, if you're, if you're, if your social security number is compromised, um, that person got it somehow and sure. their money's gone. It's about, it's basically a six digit pin that you should remember and keep. And it helps you, uh, basically identify that that's you. Interesting. So it's kind of uh, the, like the key to your blockchain. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. Man. Okay. So, Very cool. Um, and that's my friend is taxes in a nutshell. I know wow. we went through that kind of fairly quickly, but my my point in doing this episode was really just to say that look it's it's very simple to understand what a tax return is if you break it down into a 1040 chunk and understanding these very basic concepts helps you understand how the tax bill is really going to impact you or your family in the long run so in a way that the way you broke it down if if you were to do just standard deduction where you have a very high confidence that you're going to do standard deductions there's really no need to hire a professional to do all this. That's right? a really good point. Yeah. I, I definitely think this can be done in, at your home. You can, uh, tax software online tax act is like 40 bucks, something like or that, something yeah. like that for mm-hmm. both your federal and state. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's literally a walkthrough questionnaire van. I know you, both of us use that and it's right. super simple. Right. Because I, I even be, uh, before I, you know, I did my own taxes, I, I thought it was going to be super complicated and so forth. But when you walk me through it, it was just like, man, like, why, why yeah. don't I just do this in the beginning, right? Yeah. yeah. I didn't have to spend, you know, $80 for this or $80 to $100 just yeah. for somebody else to do yeah. something that would have taken me, you know, maybe a couple hours or yeah. <laughs> average of 13 hours. Yeah, to do. average 13 <laughs> hours. And it really doesn't take that long, right? But right. I mean, honestly, you get your paperwork in order. Um, it's fairly quick. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I highly recommend it. Yeah, because some of the best practices I've seen was just preparing all these statements up in front and then yep. just put it all in Excel first. And then yeah. once you do that, you can just enter everything in and it makes exactly. it a lot quicker. Yeah, yeah it's very easy very doable and it just requires you to kind of understand i think it's very daunting but hopefully this cast helps you kind of walk through a lot of those right all right so uh, was there anything else you wanted to mention? no that's it I, cool. I wanted to keep it short but i, I guess we kept we kind of still went a little long but <laughs> it's fine yeah let's, let's go and wrap up then so uh if you guys have any questions comments or topics that you would like for us to talk about please email us at a word about wealth at gmail.com Please continue to rate, review, and share this podcast so that uh, more people can know about A Word About Wealth. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Bye.